position. Affirmative. Negative. I am the milkman. My milk is delicious. Roger that. Okay, let's go. Welcome to the Best Linux Games Podcast. Go, go, go! The best Linux games, the best games available for the uh, GNU slash Linux operating system via the mechanism and distribution network known as Steam, brought to you by Valve. After 700,000 years, the Steam has come to Linux, and beyond that, it has come to Linux in the form of the egalitarian Linux-like platform, Steam, an open marketplace in which everyone, total meritocracy, everyone, regardless of size, amount of money, regardless of amount of developers, and prospective sales, that's right, ladies and gentlemen, it's Saturday, and that means it's time for one thing. It's time for the podcast where the quality goes in before the name goes on. You're listening to the Best Linux Games Podcast, a companion piece to the uh, Steam group of the same name. Find us on Steam, you know. Uh, join us on Steam and friend me on Steam. My name is Scooky Sprite. I am your host. In case this is your first time here, uh, the ground rules for everything that we do are very simple. We have news, we have the latest titles that we are interested in, of course, features, you know, like kind of in depth looks or reviews, and then we have, of course, everyone's favorite. The deals! Uh, the best games that you can buy for as cheap as possible. If you join us on the group, our recommendations are curated with the sole criteria of... It must run on Linux, and it must be really good. These are recommendations only, of course. Uh, not complete reviews, which generally will follow, um, especially once they get some other mofos on this show. And as always, the content that awaits you ahead may not be appropriate for members of all species, races, genders, classes, creeds, and especially might not be age or work appropriate. So, it begins. Let's get the Linux gaming on, bitches! Hello, and welcome to episode number 381 of the Best Linux Games Podcast. A very special uh, episode brought to you this week by Enchiladitos, home of the number one Super Feetball fans. Yes, it's the Super Bowl today. It's being recorded on Sunday, the 13th of February, 2022 at 11.20 a.m. Crack Engineer, wow, Ivor Molina over there in the booth. How you doing, Ivor? You miss me? You fuckface. You're fired. He's holding up the whiskey sign, though. You're fired. He's holding up the whiskey sign. You're fired. He's holding up the whiskey sign, though. You're fired. Ah, that's a good idea, Ivor. How about you and me going for a ride? What? You don't want to go? Go where? All right. Ah, ride. Now that's a good idea. Uh... That would make it, of course, for our sequel friends 2022 0213 1120. Uh, we have a uh, a cool show for you this week. Uh, big, big stuff uh, happening all over uh, my face, my face, and my brain holes uh, in the world of Linux. Um, 
I am back, baby! I am back from Hawaii. Uh, it feels incredibly weird to... I got back on uh, uh, Tuesday night and it feels so fucking strange to be back in Vegas. It is... It has, it has not gotten um, easier. I've been back almost as long as I was gone now and it's only just gotten a little bit easier. It's weird when you wake up at 4.30 in the morning and begin drinking and then like you jump in the ocean and then you drink more and then you do whatever the fuck you want and you drink more and you drink a lot more and then you drink a lot more and then you have lunch etc 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 in a tropical island fucking paradise where like everything basically your day stops at uh sunset which happens two hours ahead. It wasn't until I start, I, I realized I was like having a hard time adjusting back to Vegas. Um, that I realized that I re- Hawaii really is two thousand fucking seven hundred miles away. So that's like three thousand miles. That's further away than New York is. That's that makes the direct nonstop flight I took to Hawaii the third longest plane trip that I've ever been on. Um, So, yeah, but it's much more than that. It's much more than just jet lag. It's like a whole fucking mind fuck. Because, like, your day stops at the sunset. I mean, that's not when you go to bed. That's, like, you know, the end of your day. And it is a very profound thing, the sunset every day. I saw two whales. I I didn't go out there to see whales. It sucked uh, to have to wear a mask and show proof of vaccination and ID everywhere. Um, It's just a pain in the ass. And it's always difficult traveling alone. Um, Especially like to, you know, like a beach vacation. Uh, where like there's no one there to watch your stuff and they don't have lockers in Waikiki because I guess they have such a, a huge homeless problem. I don't know the cops are corrupt, but I mean the people were wonderful. The weather was phenomenal. Um and I'd never been to the tropics before and I'd never been to Hawaii before. And I got a great ukulele. I got like the best soprano ukulele that I I mean, it blows all my... I have 10 ukuleles. It's fucking sick. But, uh... This is by far the best. Minicoa, uh, uh, from Pearl City. It's phenomenal. I, it doesn't make me sound like Jake Shimabakuru, but... It, uh, does... It, it, the sound is just... Makes it so enjoyable to play. Um, so, so I got back on Tuesday night. I, I was... I was back in front of my computer at you know like 6 o'clock that night so I had Wednesday, Thursday, Friday and yesterday to try to get some gaming in and ba-bam Thursday night I was shocked I was shocked and delighted to see that as if awaiting my return to the podcast um, 
Well, we'll we'll, we'll talk about that uh, later. But uh, one of the most anticipated games of the year dropped on Thursday or on uh, uh, Wednesday. Or I don't know. I I were fired. You should have put this in the show notes. Uh, Dying Light Two finally came out, and that's what we're gonna. That's our feature this week. Um, I. But before we get to that shit, uh, once again, th- this week's show brought to you by Enchiladitos. Enchiladitos! Number one Super Football fans. Yes. They say it's going to be the hottest Super Bowl in history. It's going to be 90 degrees in February in California. California! Yeah, global warming isn't real. Yeah, who cares? I mean, fuck... Like, can you imagine just, like, putting on your fucking equipment as a football player and it's 90 degrees outside? Like, in fact, I can't imagine that because I wanted to... Well, anyway. I... (laughs) You know, good luck. May both teams be destroyed. Happy Concussion Bowl, everybody. Happy Concussion Bowl. I could give zero fucks more than I already give, which is zero fucks. Earns exactly zero fucks. Super Bowl earns zero fucks from deranged Linux podcaster. There we go. There's your there's your there's your wood for tomorrow on the paper. Um <coughs> but more importantly, so I'm I was in Hawaii for five days. Uh, or five five nights, seven days. No, five nights, six days. And uh, it was so mind-bendingly re- relaxing. I, it was the first vacation I've taken in 13 years. Uh, 12, 12-ish years. And you could, you could say that that's not entirely accurate, but every other time I've traveled has either been really targeted traveling for weddings... Jojo Kimon Kennel's wedding. I like I took th- uh, that whole thing took 3 days, I think. If that. And that was like 5 years ago. And then everything else has been Linux Fest Northwest until my 30th birthday, so like yeah, 12 years ago. That was the first time I ever relaxed. That's the first time I've ever experienced the feeling of relaxation that trip. This trip blew that trip away. Um, and so it was like complete fucking mind erasure. I didn't think about the podcast. I didn't think about ex girlfriends, even, even though, like, I'm, you know, basically alone in paradise. I did go on a date. I did pick, you know, for a guy with no game, I, I did manage to pick up a girl, which is kind of cool. Um, the food was phenomenal. I hate food and I ate better than I, I lost 15 pounds just from fucking running around and being able to walk everywhere, which was remarkably comforting, I made a bunch of new friends and stuff I didn't think anything about my real life, almost at all, I didn't even really think about ex-girlfriends so when I say that there was one game, and this only happened twice I thought of video gaming at large only two times I did bring my switch out there which was very wise because fucking 
14 hour day of just running around jumping in and out of the ocean and fucking you know sunscreen, sunscreen, more booze, more booze, more booze ah, give me food ah, let's go see a temple um you know, and, and you're just sweating like you're just like oh, it's like oh, so humid and, but it wasn't it wasn't Texas humid because you're on the ocean it was glorious uh, but when, you know, like 10 o'clock rolls around like I was asleep every night by 11 I was passed out I got so drunk in fucking Hawaii that a guy was trying to have a conversation with me and I, I got up and I'm like I'm really drunk and I just walked away that guy was really cool though I wish I got uh, his information he was a cool surfer dude from from Morphida which is you know whatever but he was he was he was smart he was cool he was a tech guy um and like you know right then all the whiskey caught up with me for that day but I Bottom line is this. I thought of one game. It's only happened twice. It was like kind of the only thing that I thought of from my former life here on the mainland. And that game, of course, is God of War. Because prior to me leaving, I began to experience God of War causing a system crashing bug on my machine. And I tried in the run up to leaving I tried everything to fix it and nothing would work and when a game when I say a system crashing bug I mean I couldn't sys request my way out of it I couldn't uh, reboot X I couldn't get to a terminal at all I couldn't get to anything it would blank all three of my monitors randomly and this is after 22 hours of playing the game you know like, I had no problems with stability the first week that I had it, but the week before I left for Hawaii, I couldn't, it just constantly crashed in this area, but it would do it at random times. It didn't seem to have anything to do. So what it would do is it would blank my monitors and my keyboard, which has integrated lights, stayed lit up. Which mean normally means that, you know, the USB interface, everything is fine. So I was dreading that it was a heat problem, but then I, I eventually figured out that it had to have been um, not a heat problem because if it had been a heat problem, I would have I wouldn't have had that first good week. And I didn't change anything on my system. So blank all my monitors, my keyboard would stay lit up, but it wouldn't do anything. Like, you know, control alt F4 wouldn't do anything. You know, assist request wouldn't do anything. Um, control alt backspace wouldn't do anything. Control alt delete wouldn't do anything. And it forced me to hard reset. And the fact that it happened randomly was a big deal. It really sucked. Um, and you can see it on the live stream when I got back. Well, yesterday I fixed it by upgrading Mint whatever I had to mint the latest version of mint, which is the latest long-term support edition. Uh, it's like 20.05 or whatever. It's based off of Ubuntu 20.04, I think. Um, and I want to say a couple of things. I love mint. I love Linux mint. 
this upgrade process was the best upgrade process that they've ever put on. Like, one of the biggest complaints about Mint back in the day, I've been using Mint for, like, 10 years now. Oh, God, has it been that long? Since I've been doing the podcast, since I've had multiple monitors, so I guess these monitors, yeah, it's about, like, 8 years now-ish. Back in the day, one of the biggest criticisms of Mint was that you couldn't, you had to reinstall. This wasn't just like with long, this wasn't just a long-term support thing. If there was an upgrade, a major upgrade to Mint, you had to wipe your previous configuration and reinstall as if it was a new installation to get the latest version. There was no upgrade, there was no upgrade path. Over the last four years, they have fixed that, but it's been a rocky road, and rocky road, rocky road, in the number one snack of the super football fan. Um, it was a rocky road, and it was... At times, it was way too simple and just didn't work right, which was more frustrating than just blanking everything and, you know, because I keep everything, I keep my operating system in its own fucking partition and so, you know, blah, blah. That's not a big deal. It was never a big deal for me, but it, it did suck in that you, you always forget something. And I wrote my own fucking backup, my own configuration, my own backup and configure. Ugh. My own backup utility to back up my configuration files. Ah, oh, that's a complicated sentence. See, they don't have those sentences in Hawaii. They don't even, they'd be like, cool. Sounds, that sounds, is it, well, I don't know, but if that's like good for you, then cool. <laughs> oh, I had the best time. It was, Except for one bad thing that happened, but we won't go on. It was, it was, it was something else. But anyway, so the last two times I've had to upgrade Mint have been actually extraordinarily awesome. It's been, you know, two times ago it was uh, a little more step intensive than I would have liked it to have been. Last time it was about half his step intensive this time it was one click one and done reboot bam you've successfully upgraded to Lin- to linux mint you know 20.05 or whatever um really really impressive and it fixes a lot of issues and i i cannot tell you which of those issues fixed god of war but it did which is why i you know, last resort, I'm like, okay, fine. I can't, I, you know, all my drivers are up to date. Everything's up to date. Why? Why? Why, God? Why is this suddenly crashing on me and I can't play the one game I want to play? Well, upgrading to Mint 20.05 or whatever, uh, completely fixed God of War. I binged on it last night. Finally satisfying my biggest... That game is mag fucking Magnificent. It, like, I'm holding my arms out as far as they can. I know Ivor, Ivor's holding up the whiskey sign telling us 
Well, here. Cheers, Ivor. Yeah, I'm glad I didn't take you to Hawaii. You don't deserve it. Hawaii is for closer. Mm. That was my Kim Jong uh, Un as uh, Alec Baldwin's character from Glengarry Glen Ross as portrayed in the credits sketch from 30 Rock. You son of a bitch! I come on Mission of Mercy! I come from Mitch! You put that coffee down! Coffee for Koza! Come on, Black Partner! Ghostbuster! Let's go! Uh, <laughs> Kim Jong-un was hilarious in that show. I think that's a chick. I, I, ugh, fuck. Anyway, moving on. Enchiladitos, the number one super football fan snack. Brought to you by the Super Bowl. The letter Q. Q stands for concussion. Concuss yourself. Play feetballs. 90 degrees. It's more than just a temperature. It's a state of mind. Uh, so I got God of War up and running again last night. It it does a game. The game is is a resource test for my machine, but I'm just so glad that it wasn't my video card that was actually dying. Because if I had to replace, like, I mean, like, oh, uh, you know. I, Hawaii was not inexpensive. It was the most expensive trip that I've ever paid for and taken myself. Um, just to, just to, just purely for tourism and relaxation. Um, and so, like, if I had to, if I had to replace my video card, that would be a fucking disaster because it would mean that like I wouldn't be able to play God of War at all but God of War runs it runs great it does not run as well when I'm live streaming it because OBS seems to eat up uh it doesn't but it's not um it's not herky jerky it is incredibly smooth uh and it's just a magnificent game like I I was on the verge of tears all last night because it gets so good seeing Kratos seeing Kratos try to raise his son and explain the ways of the world to his son it's and not just the ways of the world but like also to deal with death of of a parent and stuff uh other issues that, and I realized this last night, the reason why this game is so mature and so moving I think, is that fucking people of my generation are getting fucking old and they've dealt with the loss of a parent or the loss of a they've dealt with real loss in their adult life at this point and they wanted to, it seems like they wanted to really bring that out and as you raise the boy as you progress through the game the boy gets he grows up he grows up and in sometimes in ways that you wouldn't wish for it's it's just a beautiful 
is a beautiful father, son, buddy, god, mortal, archetypal, uh, road movie set in, in, uh, Norse mythology that but it's it's the acting that just the interstitial stuff and the way the boy changes now the boy is a death machine I could not do any of what I do now without the boy whereas before he was you know he was nothing and now Kratos and the boy have like a have developed it's just amazing to see their relationship grow and the way the game just like lets you explore that also opens up your relationship with the boy and Mimir who I love Mimir oh let's go talk to the world server oh Gregor oh we'll get the fucking case won't we Gregor cut off my head Gregor Cut off my fucking head! I'm the mirror, I know everything! You're gonna have to cut off my fucking head! Ah, oh, yes, let's talk to the world summer. <laughs> he says he thinks he likes us, but he's gonna hurt us! <laughs> oh, the world serpent is. It's breathtakingly gorgeous too. The just the visuals in the game and the combat is it's it's fucking extraordinarily violent. But it's really the the solvable puzzles in these beautiful environments and this amazing relationship that they went to just endless pains to depict in a fluid fashion. It's like a non I imagine it's pretty linear, but when things happen it's as the boy the boy doesn't just mature you know like things have to happen and you have to listen to him and and of course if you're not into that stuff you don't have to listen to anything you just get out of the fucking boat story story time is on the boat and in on the path between worlds and now that we have Mimir who knows not to tell the boy the secrets that I don't want him to tell him. Um, it's just great. There was a, a side side quest I did last night that was absolutely heartbreaking. We met a... There are all these spirits in the Lake of Nine. All of them are ghosts. They're Elons. They're shades. They're phantasms. They're, they're, they're dead. They're, they're visions. They're apparitions. Is that apparitions? Anyway, they're they're dead. They're dead ghost people, and there are a lot of them. Um, and they all have something that they want you to do. And the boy is very interested in everything. The boy keeps our journal. The boy is the only one of us who can read, which is amazing, and very much in line with Norse mythology. Um, and there's just archetypal shit like that all throughout, but uh, th- this was so moving because we we met a spirit. Kratos is not interested in helping any of these fuckers because he knows that they are more fucking 
Do not believe in a... Never believe a god, boy. Do believe a spirit even less. But uh, this spirit makes an appeal for us to retrieve his girlfriend's bones. And he manipulates the boy. And Kratos doesn't like this conversation even happening. <laughs> Eventually, when you... When you he can walk away. Boy, we're leaving. <laughs> but like when Kratos says anything, it is impactful. And so this this apparition tries to tries to entice the boy as like a you know leverage against my intractability by hinting at how Golvig or whatever, his dead girlfriend, a powerful sorceress who could even allow you to talk to the dead. And right there, Kratos just says, boy. Because he knows, and you know too, that the, the boy wants to talk to mom. And eventually you guys talk about that. And that's something I mean, Kratos doesn't talk a lot. Um, and the, oh, and by the way, that, that operate, the spirit is like, oh yes, you know, I can see the, the stain of grief upon both of you. It's, you know, horrible and, you know, you could be reunited with <laughs> oh that does not go well of course but I did it because I wanted to teach the boy a lesson and uh, during the course of that quest that side quest that's the only reason why I'm telling you about this uh, I, I'm not telling you that you have to play the fucking game it's amazing we'll have a review of it next week after I beat it but um One line that... Okay. For the next 30 seconds, I'm gonna... There's a spoiler here. So if you want to, just skip to... uh, Just skip to 31 minutes into this track. So... The boy doesn't know that we're a god... And we've trained him to fear the gods. Because you cannot trust the gods. And so you, so anyway, so and the boy doesn't understand that we're grieving as much or more than he is, which is just, but we have to be the strong one. Um but there was such a great line last night that just really hit home for me about, you know, my dad. I, um, and a, a friend of mine lost her father just very recently, just right at Christmas. And the one thing, he, 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 it, it was a sudden illness. And I thought they were estranged. And I told her, the same thing that Kratos says to the boy you know I 
I do not understand why you have this wish to speak with mother. What have you left unsaid? What does she not know? She is dead, boy. I mean, it... <laughs> oh, fuck. It is some intense shit in this game. It is some intense shit. Um, and it's all in this Viking... Not like in this Norse, this this Norse mytholo- myth- mythology dream uh, that is just a spect- it's a spectacular realization of you know uh, 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 of Norse mythology is pretty fucking close to, to Neil Gaiman's book, which is very good. I recommend that book, by the way. Um, but anyway, I do not understand, boy. What have you left unsaid? What does she not know? What do you need to tell her? Don't you want to talk? You know, and, and it goes into like how we can't bring her back. That she's, she is dead, boy. Um, and man, Kratos is the voice act. The voice acting throughout is just, wow. It is so good. I love to see the fucking medium of the video game finally reaching levels where it's like everything that I knew and dreamed would be possible finally happening, like where we can tell these exciting stories and you feel like you're in control and stuff and it's like amazing adventure. It's one of the best adventure games I've ever played. It's up there with Prince of Persia, Warrior Within, and that's the greatest adventure game ever made. So, that brings us to our new and noteworthy before we get to our feature. By the way, tonight's show, uh, today's show is being brought to you by Enchiladitos, the number one super football fan drink. Just listen to it gurgle down the hatch. No little after effects, no sour stomach. And that's the right thing to let Jess be out of fuck you. I'm getting drunk. Ladies and gentlemen, it's broken. I'm using it. Come on, come on. Just be gin. The best damn drink you ever had around the house. Pour it out down the hatch. And that's, hey, that's good stuff. And now, I'm drunk with them. And now, the hell with the music. I'm going to get drunk. That's what I'm going to I was a North American fall when were in my former life. Here are the newest and most noteworthy titles from this week. And Charlie does the annual drink. Ah, yes. So, our new noteworthy for this week uh, is actually a sequel. Uh, I've been watching the Olympics. I hope you guys have too. I really like the Winter Olympics. I like the Winter Olympics as much as I like the Summer Olympics. I kind of like the Winter Olympics more because they have figure skating, but Summer Olympics now has rhythmic gymnastics, which is my all-time like, it's like, it's just magnificent ninja bullshit. But anyway, so I wanted a sports game. And luckily, uh, this week, sequel to a much-beloved a game that really defined a genre, a subgenre of uh, skateboarding games, Ollie Ollie, is out with a sequel. It's called Ollie Ollie World, which has like a a fully. Th- I, I bought it. It works. It works great. Um, it's a super fun game. Uh, for those of you who are uninitiated with Ollie Ollie, it's simple. It's a rail 
game. Like you can't move. You don't have. It's not like Tony Hawk where like you know you blah. It was originally designed as a pixel trash, uh, two dimensional side scrolling uh, skateboard game where uh, it's really controlling when you ollie uh, that and the direction that you know blah. You 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 push the stick in is what trick you do and then you want to build up combos but there's no but because there's no like uh you know control of where you're going you're always going in the same direction you know there's like switchable paths and stuff um it frees you up to just try to deal with what's in front of you uh, which makes it a very fun, like kind of almost like an infinite runner with skateboarding and tricks and scoring stuff. This time they've fleshed it out with like a full fucking story uh, and an amazing character creator and generator. It struck a particularly painful note for me though because uh, it takes place in a place called Radlandia, which reminds me of my old home of Farlandia. Um, and, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it is hilarious. The game is fucking hilarious as it, uh, irresistible tone and style. Uh, it makes the dialogue, even the cheesy bits, charming, if not very funny. It depends on how stoned you are. Um, and the whole new graphics engine shit that they have, like, it's like a fucking, you know, 3D cel-shaded blah, but the core mechanics remain the same, it just looks better. Um, I'm a couple of hours into it, uh, I've yet to complete all the tutorial missions. Mm. But I think I, I think I know pretty much what's going on. Uh, Ollie Ollie World is 30 bucks, it's $29.99, uh, that's full price, and that's brand new. So, we will close the show now with our feature, which is on the most heavily anticipated, one of the most heavily anticipated sequels of the year, I would say. Um, based on with it, Ivor. Perfect! Oh, my God. It's Bolivians! Bolivians! Never gonna let you down. I can read your mind. This week's feature. I can't read you. I can't read you. I can read your mind. Take it, Spooky. So, for the uninitiated, Dying Light, one of the best games ever made for any system, ever, anywhere, all time. Definitely the greatest zombie parkour game ever made. Uh, the original for the uninitiated. Zombies, they can't really see you, they can hear you. They can see you too, but they, they have like the vision of rats. They really hear you. So this is a stealth parkour craft em up first person hardcore parkour street running zombie mayhem post-apocalyptic murder game that was the original 
in the original, you took on... I can't remember the name of your character. They they allude to him at the beginning of the sequel. Uh, but I can't remember his name. He is not the subject of the sequel. Don't worry, this will be spoiler-free. I've only played an hour of Dying Light 2. Dying Light 1, though, is known predominantly for its amazing blending of parkour... I mean, hardcore... like as good if not better than Mirror's Edge parkour and then craziness they kept they kept making DLCs right up until like last month um that most of which were free oh and also it was known for its online um cooperative and uh, uh you know PVE co-op and PVP uh night mode, where the hunter mode and stuff, where you could just jump into anyone's game and hunt them as, like, a super predator zombie. Uh, this all takes place, this all took place in a fictional country called Haran. You played a secret agent who was inserted to, into Haran to get to the bottom of the plague. Intrigue follows. You become infected. Uh, and you have to manage your infection the entire time while figuring out what the fuck is going on and trying to complete your mission while becoming slowly the servant of two masters, the people of Haran, its various gang factions as civilization breaks down under this fucking zombie threat. As you scavenge and run and jump and climb and dynamically leap and it's amazing what you can do what you could do in dying light especially once you got a couple of levels uh to play with because the what the more you did something in the first game the better you got at it until you could get a skill point that you could spend however you wanted when you leveled up um that would unlock new moves for parkour and new moves for combat and blah, but it's really the parkour, the um, motational aspects of the game that made that game sing, where eventually, like, you find yourself having to, ma- and you have to manage day and night, because night is not a time to be on the streets, although night you get like, five times as much experience as you run between safe houses. Zombies in this game are also really bothered by, uh, ultraviolet light and so there's safe houses throughout the city that where you can sleep if you want to just like waste the night but then you have the day and the day eventually you set up runs and stuff and you meet different characters and you do different errands as a runner and you know you get to the bottom of everything and etc and you don't really know what happens to your character at the end of that game The sequel I'm going to I'm I'm just going to come right out and say it. Right now I am not pleased with the sequel. For one major reason and then two sub reasons. The one major thing that I have not been pleased with, like displeased is actually a better way of saying it. Um not to be too critical cuz the game came out this fucking week. And it does look like they're working on fixing this. It does look like I am not, you know, like 
alone and that like this has not gone unnoticed and it's not just me being picky because I love Dying Light and I, I've been anxiously awaiting the sequel for forever to the point where like I gave up on like uh, I'm like ah oh, oh, it's going to be years away they've been saying you know whatever um, and now it's finally out one of the things I that makes the game almost and this is just this is a me thing because I am comparing it to its predecessor the tightness and fluidity of the controls completely absent from the sequel see in the original you could like if you jumped at a wall and there was any type of ledge you you could grab that ledge and then you could look behind you just by moving the mouse and jump immediately off that wall to another thing and it'd be very fluid and fast and you had to be very fluid and fast because the zombies are numerous and when they hoard you you gotta move baby you gotta move or you're gonna go through a lot of fucking craftable weapons and stuff all of which required maintenance and had limited um, you know numbers of uses and stuff and required different components all of which was great and you know you could upgrade them and do all sorts of crazy effects with them and stuff uh, but generally you wanted to avoid combat if you couldn't kick a zombie and crush its head you wanted to basically avoid combat and then you could loot the corpses but it's tricky because you want to loot everything but there's a horde descending on you you know, so it was always great, and then the the worst thing in the first game were the humans. The different criminal factions, you know, trying to exploit the zombie uh, catastrophe to take control of all of Haran underneath their own bizarre, feudal you know, crypto uh, not crypto, uh, kleptocratic you know, gang war mindsets. And that included the government, the exterior, external government, internal government of Iran, uh, you know, blah, 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 blah. So, the actual parkour in Dying Light 2 is sluggish, counterintuitive, and finicky whereas the parkour in its predecessor was rate was lightning fast razor sharp completely promiscuous intuitive and designed to be precise like some of the best things that happen in dying light are, are just the fact that you're in this fucking zombie playland that's like hell where you are parkour motherfucker. So you you just run, baby, run. The faster you can run, the longer you can run, the longer you will live. The better you are at analyzing your surroundings very quickly, because the opposition will always change, even in the same areas that you've been to hundreds of times. It will always be different. Um, you have to... It's not about necessarily memorizing where things are. It's about learning how to see the world in a parkour zombie courier sense 
the second the sequel does not have that same fluidity and elegance and tightness of controls in terms of the parkour and in terms of like looting and stuff like you have to be a very specific distance from things if you want to like interact with them as like a container like you know if you want to search your body or whatever and these little these are control issues that are really problematic if you've played the first game I think they're working on fixing these but it was a major disappointment my first hour was a major disappointment the other thing that this is you know more open to interpretation but honestly right now we're, we're it seems like we might be coming out of a horrible pandemic that's cost the lives of a million people in America maybe now and this could just be me I might just be too sensitive or whatever I might be nitpicky here but this is my feeling the game takes place I think 15 years after the first game the world has ended the zombie plague the Haran virus has won civilization has fallen and instead of couriers running around the city it's now around like a whole giant outdoors post-apocalyptic wasteland tropical wasteland gorgeous I mean the graphics are great um especially the light sourcing but instead of being a courier you're now what they call a pilgrim you move between settlement to settlement uh, city to city the last bastions of humanity having organized themselves around several crucial places and purged the zombies and there's no news from the outside world and they distrust you which is very cool because they would distrust you but they need you you're a pilgrim you can take a message to somebody. You can get shit done. You can deliver a package. You know how to forage and survive and scavenge and scrounge and craft and are wily and quick enough on your feet that you can, you know, do go places where no one else can go and do things that no one else can do. The problem is they set the game to start in 2023 I right now I really don't want to see the end of the world 2023 15 years after 2023 so it's like 2038 or whatever but the virus re-explodes in 2023 and it's like, I, I don't even want to hear those fucking words, to be honest. And it's not... I'm sorry. Uh, God. My allergies are acting up. It's not... Um, I don't think that's me being too sensitive. You know, I'm, and I'm not saying too soon um, as in like, oh God, you know, we the incalculable human loss, the senseless human loss that America itself has undergone of its own citizenry is too much for me. I mean, it's, it is too much for any of us to contemplate for reals, but 
you know, it's not a one-to-one thing. It's not like the game is about... But I just don't want to deal with the end of the world happening next year. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it in a video game right now. I mean, you know, two years ago, I probably would have felt differently. Or even a year ago, I probably would have felt differently. But it's pretty brutal. And the first hour of the game is basically the tutorial. And... I'm not spoiling I'm not spoiling anything here. You find a mansion and it's all these people who kill themselves a la days gone, some of the better uh non-scripted, non-dialogue moments in days gone are finding people who've killed themselves obviously with pills generally. Um but this is a last party scene and the skeletons are there and it's really grim and really brutal especially when there is a non-zero it is not out of the realm of conceivable probability that the world might be ending right now um so that I I think that for me it was a little tone deaf but luckily the game seems to be more focused around you figuring out you finding someone that you once knew as a child um, and discovering who you are really Um, and the game shows it doesn't tell for the most part some of the dialogue is a little janky but the voice acting is generally really good it's just the controls are not there the way they were in the previous game. So I'm, you know, I'm I'm gonna wait another week before I, you know, real another couple days at least before I I, uh, I sit down with again with it again. I've only played uh, two. This is not a review, by the way. This is just. And I'm not saying the game is terrible. The game is everything and more that Dying Light 1 was. But without that sweet, sweet parkour, clarity, control, and the sense of urgency and speed with which you can eventually do things, and the lack of precision, it's it's a, it's like a much bitchier control system and you have like this really irritating stamina bar that makes like simple things completely fucking impossible which I imagine gets better as you level up but I don't know I don't know that for sure but it's really the controls that bother me about this game and this game is not inexpensive it ranges between I think 50 bucks and $100 for the deluxe edition I think that's true I think I got the deluxe edition um, just because I, I love supporting these guys, and these guys are are great developers. And whatever is wrong with the game, they will fix. They will. It took them a long time to get it onto Linux, but I mean, it was the one of the first and best games that you could play on Linux. And I have tons of respect for 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 these developers and for this franchise in particular. I think they it's a a brilliant and innovative genre busting, genre redefining. That's at least, you know, what the first Dying Light was. The sequel we will have, it'll take time, but just imagine 
if you think I'm being too finicky here, just imagine if I like. T- I, I, I hope that you've played at least Mirror's Edge or Mirror's Edge Catalyst, but imagine if you took Mirror's Edge, which is a game all about parkour, there's like really not any combat and you gave it janky controls like that game is all about precision lightning fast precision movement um And that game would have completely failed. There would have not been a sequel if you gave it janky controls. If you gave the sequel janky controls, the sequel would be regarded as absolute nasty trash. This game represents... Dying Light 2 represents what I feel is a regression in terms of the franchise's overall formula and uh, the keys that have made it as successful as it has been just because of the controls so that's incredibly disappointing and it's not an inexpensive game now, that having been said they will probably fix all of these issues, in fact I know they will if they're not just in my head and I will give the game I will end up reviewing Dying Light 2 I will log at least 20 hours in Dying Light 2 and there will be a review, I cannot not do a review of Dying Light 2 on the Best Links Games podcast, whether it is a best game ever or one of the worst sequels in all of history. I can't avoid that. That has to be done. I can avoid whatever I want, but it it will be done. I'm just hoping that it doesn't hurt as badly as the first hour and a half of the game in in this, you know, just initial street date form. Because... I have nothing but amazing memories of spectacular adventures. Some of the best non-scripted and some of the best scripted first-person action adventure sequences ever in a game happened in Dying Light. Um, I was really hoping that the, the the sequel would be the same, but without the controls getting fixed... Uh, you know, it's a lot of money for a game. Uh, that's the other thing I wanted to say. Don't expect that you're going to be able to wait for this game to go on sale. Dying Light, it took them like fucking four years before they ever put it on sale. At least through the Steam store with any significant discount. Because they know they made a great game. Dying Light 2, if they fix controls, that has all the potential it's all there, it's out, but it's also really expensive, and it's one of those games you can't wait for a sale to come around because you'll be waiting for four years. If you've not... We'll close the show, this week's show, this week's post-Hawaii, brought to you by Enchiladitos. Listen to a gurgle. Um, The number one drink of the super football fan within you. Unleash the super football fan within you Enchiladitos Gentry's Gin the f- Enchiladitos, the finest gin ever made if you've not played the original Dying Light one of the best looking games, it still looks amazing it runs phenomenally well on any fucking computer almost, if you have a video card from like last 10 years, or last 8 years, yeah 10 years, 8 years It'll run great on your machine. Now is a great time 
to, instead of buying the sequel, buy the first game, even though the two are non-contiguous. You play as a totally different character in the sequel, so it's like a separate game. It's its own fucking entity. It has its own story, its own timeline, it's way later in the future. And it has a different setup, which really does inform different play mechanics that are not, you know, incredibly different from the original, but you know, the whole idea of being a courier, zombies, parkour in a city, in a tropical island, Mediterranean paradise, uh, all of that added up to the framework necessary to make the be- one of the best parkour games ever made. Best first person parkour game ever made with real combat. And absolutely the first parkour game with zombies that was just amazing. Um, with really strong RPG elements too. Like, I mean, you, you the tech tree which is crazy because it's like, oh, well, you know, an upgrade, like, there are like fucking five tiers of like, how long and how fast can you run? You know, and those are really valuable. Um, so, like, the, that, that framework informed the rest of the game, and this is a different framework. And I, I it, it's, it's depressing and it's way darker. And I think it's a little distasteful. A little tone deaf that they would end the world next year, and this is their street date. I mean, it's something they could have changed. Um, but yeah, now is a great time to go buy and play the first Dying Light. Get all the DLCs too. Some of them are, uh, some of them. I think they they do charge for a couple of them, but they're all worth it. Uh, they're huge expansions in the first one because they kept that game. They kept adding to that game up until like last month. Now's a great time to go play that game if you never have, or to revisit it. Revisit it. I would hold off right now, though, unless you have money to burn and are a huge Dying Light fan and want to see it for yourself, which I hardly understand and recommend. You go do that. Uh, Dying Light 2, oh, it's... But the one awesome thing is that it runs out of the box on Linux Dying Light 2 is much more system intensive. It does kind of push my my rig to the limits and I don't know if that's an optimization problem or if it's just my hardware is getting old. But anyway, we I was super I, I'm not entirely I'm on the fence right now about Dying Light 2. Don't don't mistake me for being like a Debbie Downer or being completely negative about this game, but it's hard not it's hard to disguise uh, my disappointment at discovering that the controls are nowhere near as good as the first game. And I think that they're they're working on fixing them. But anyway, that's the show for this week. I am back. I know whether you, you can love him, you can hate him. But remember that in life, you can love him and you can hate him. But they'll always be Skooky Sprite. Cheers! Have a wonderful Enchiladitos Day Super Concussion number one Super Feetballs fam brought to you by Gentry's Gin. See you next week.
Business bad? Fuck you, pay me. Oh, you had a fire? Fuck you, pay me. Place got hit by lightning, huh? Fuck you, pay me. Four or five times. A good idea. Four or five times. Hi there. There is delight in doing things right. Four or five times. It is I, E.B. Farm. Maybe I'll cry. I'll get you a drink. And if I die, I'm gonna try four or five times. Do you like to play? We like to play. I like you. We like to sing. It only runs on Linux. We like to go. Yada yada yo. Four or five times. We're gonna have such fun. Bebop one. You're becoming hysterical. Bebop two. Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. Bebop three. Yada yada yee. Four or five times. Matt Damon. Burn everything incriminating, including this building. Burn all the White House pets, and then yourselves. Burn yourselves first. There is no Windows version of weaponized chess. Boy, this is fucking ponderous, man. Ponderous, fucking ponderous. It only runs on Linux. It's not a problem. You alienated part of America. I alienated crazy people. I like it very much. It is I, E.B. Farm. You're becoming hysterical. I'm here. I'm there. I'm fucking everywhere. I'm the Eggman. The best Linux games podcast is brought to you by Blue Wizard is about to die. Now available for the first time as an ebook on Amazon.com. To subscribe to the podcast using a Linux based podcatcher like Podracer, or to see our YouTube gameplay videos, please visit www.bestlinuxgames.com. Also, join our Steam community group, Best Linux Games, Friends Cookie Sprite, and follow him on Twitter at VegasWriter. BLGP is also brought to you by the Radio Control Room Project. For details, please visit www.rcrproject.com or rfihc.com. Zig thanks you. For great justice.